0: What's up america happy halloween that would explain why it looks like i dumped a whole bottle of rogaine on my head (laughs) well as scary as i look we have a special guest tonight who is absolutely not scary the beautiful and talented natalie sugars you're going to want to stay tuned for that let's do this And welcome to the Halloween special of the Blabber Brain Show. Welcome back, everybody. And uh, we are your host, Michael Cadre, over here, as always. And over there, the man in the, the cowboy uh, attire there. Actually, I'm putting the wrong one. Right? <laughs> this way here. Darn cameras. <laughs> the big M, Mark Anthony. <laughs> i screwing up. I haven't even had that much to drink yet. So uh, I can't see anything with this, uh, the hair in my face. So... Uh, First of all, you know, this is our Halloween uh, special, so I thought I would dawn an attire here. Uh, but it's probably hard to, to, to guess what I am without seeing the full effect. But uh, what, do you, what, what do you think? Who am I?
1: I don't know. <laughs> Some idiot doing a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a given, but
0: that's not a, that's not a Halloween. I mean, no, I'm not Howard Stern either. But, um,
1: no, I was, that was coming into my mind, too. <laughs> I have no idea. I am a
0: mashup. I am I am uh Alice Cooper in Chains. <laughs> For the man in the box, welcome to my nightmare. How about that? <laughs> there you go. So um I guess you know if I had makeup on it'd be a lot easier to tell but you just got these sunglasses on so I guess you can't tell. So back here I could I could put the cowboy hat on and now I'm uh uh Travis Alice in Chains Cooper. There we go. <laughs> Something.
1: There there's a uh there's a uh I would call it sleaze rock guy it looks just like ted axe with that hat on he's got that same look as you <laughs> Dude, look Ax? at the, look up the song uh want to leave rehab i think it's called yeah he looks just, you just look like that i look
0: like i should be in rehab there
1: let's um, say yeah i might even while we're talking here be able to bring up ted axe for oh, you
0: geez. i'll tell you what I, you know they, uh, there's so much to talk about right now, but I think I'd like to like, keep a theme of of uh, Halloween going. Plus, you know, we've we've got uh, Natalie Sugars coming up in the second half here, and uh, so I'd like to try to keep our segment short because you know we could probably fill a whole hour with with Natalie. She's just uh, got so much got going on, and so much to talk about. There is hey, dead dude, <laughs> dead on, dead ringer. You nailed it. Um, so we're going to give Natalie a little extra time, uh, on the show here and we'll try to keep this front half segment a little bit shorter. So we'll probably hold off on a, on a blabber boast, uh, today. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get that next time. Um, oh,
1: I, I'm upset over it. Well,
0: you know, Hey, there's always next time. Right? We're, we're not going away people as much as some people would like us to. We're not going away. So, um, you know, I, I'd wanted to, uh, probably just blab about, uh, some Halloween memories. And, uh, okay. one thing I thought that was always funny and I cannot recall, and maybe I'm just recalling wrong, but did you and I ever attend a Halloween party together for as long as I've known? you?
1: Yeah. In fact, you were, I, I remember what I was and I remember you were some sort of powdered toast man or that, or well, cinnamon toast man dude, that, or that was
0: going to be my story. Cause I, I forgot you were there at that party. Remember?
1: Um, yeah, I was dressed up. I had I had like dork glasses, that were painted like this. I had a big piece of foam underneath my my uh, dress shirt, and I had those platform shoes on. My hair was all greased. I think I remember. Yeah, I do. I remember that now. But and dorky shoes and flood pants.
0: It's so funny you mentioned that because I think the the funniest thing I ever did. W- and again, we're, we're dating ourselves, and I'm sorry, uh, but I think that we we have some older people watching our show. I here, already said
1: admitted my age. No, I didn't. That's but, right. I, have, I thought I've already met my age on here before. I guess well, I haven't.
0: I think people can easily find that out. But anyways, it's not not important. But, yeah, you know, I'm we, we date ourselves fair. when we talk about stuff anyways. But, you know, if anybody who remembers the Ren and Stimpy show, there was a uh, segment on a few shows, uh, episodes called uh, Powdered Toast Man. And it was just something totally ridiculous. He was a superhero that uh, was very gassy. But uh, I think it was voiced by... Gary Owens or something. It was just one of the, it was just over the top, you know, Powdered toast man type of thing. And uh, he was, you know, his head was a big piece of cinnamon toast, like powdered toast. And uh, I actually had to go, my mother worked at the time, she worked at Costume World. And I wanted I just had this idea. I wanted to be Powdered Toast Man, but I had no idea how I was going (coughs) to accomplish it. So we went down to Costume World and I'm looking around, I'm looking around, trying to piece together. I got this bodysuit uh, which was totally ridiculous because it looked like I was naked. And uh, I got some underwear where I had a PTM on the underwear, just like powder toast, man. And I got some uh, from the costume world. I got some spats for my legs. I got some gloves. I sp- spray painted them blue. and But I needed some way to make the head. And um, I'll, I'll, throw, I'll throw a picture of, of what it looked like uh, so everybody can see while I'm talking here. But the, I, I found an old banana costume that was made out of foam rubber, at costume world that they weren't using anymore and i'm like okay well i'm gonna make it out of that so i i cut the shape of a toast out of the head uh kind of uh, glued the the two sides together actually i think they stitched it together there that costume world uh because they had a, a sewing machine there and um and then i spray painted it gold and put the face on there and everything like that and that was my powdered toast man costume but the funniest thing in the world was on the way to our costume party that we were, we were going to, which was uh, some friends of mine and my family. Um, we, I had to stop for gas. <laughs> I'm dressed like powdered toast, man. So, I, I, but I didn't put a coat on or anything like that. So I got my bodysuit on and everything like that. I didn't have my head on. I couldn't drive with that, that enormous head on. But I'm getting out of the car and I'm I'm filling up gas in my car. and Other people honking their horn and yelling at me. So because I didn't look like I had a costume on, <laughs> so I look ridiculous standing outside trying to pump gas in my car with this with this powdered toast man uh, costume on. But uh, that was absolutely ridiculous. Um, I remember another time uh, growing up. We had um, uh, a, a party at my house uh, growing up, and I'm. I, I really wish i should have looked this up to see if the the uh, recipe still exists for anybody who's interested in looking it up but we made this uh drink for everybody called swamp water and i don't know i can't remember what all was in it except for this uh it, it was a chartreuse or green chartreuse or something like that which is also a very expensive mm-hmm. alcohol I've never um, had it. but um anyways it, it was it didn't take much to get you a little kicked in the hiney, if you know what I mean. It, people were getting hammered off of the stuff. And uh, there was this guy, a friend of my mother's, uh, was just pounding the stuff down because it tasted really good. But you didn't know you were getting hammered until after it was too late, right? And he's dressed like Dracula. And uh, he's passed out in our front yard. And as would happen on occasions with the party, we were... Being a little too loud. The cops drove drive by the house, because they know us and everything. But the 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 first thing the cops see is this guy in the Dracula costumes laying out in my front yard, all sprawled out face down in my yard. (laughs) And um, so the cops come up and and me and my mother and a few of us come out of the house. We're trying to check on this guy. The cops are there and everything like that. And we're like, Joe, Joe, get up. Joe, you okay? And like kicking the guy, and finally he turns over, and goes, you all right? He's like, ah, oh, swamp water. <laughs> it's like can moan out of himself. And the guy, the cops are like, is this guy okay? We're like, he can crash here. It's fine, whatever. Um, nobody's driving. Nobody's going anywhere. They can, they're all, they're all crashing here or whatever. But uh, yeah, just, just some really memorable uh, Halloween parties at the time. What's, what's one of your uh, favorite Halloween party memories?
1: Jeez, I gotta think about that one. Um, I could tell you which the first thing that comes to my mind is the most pathetic Halloween memory. And that was me going trick or treating and coming home and watching that stupid ass kiss movie that they put out on the <laughs> Val- Phantom of the Park. Night. Yeah. I remember watching it as a little kid. I was like, Wow, does this suck? And it wasn't even
0: Peter Chris's voice. He's like,
2: Yeah, how my dad for me. Well,
0: I got this high squeaky guy yeah. like dumping his voice in for Peter Chris. It was so funny. Uh,
1: Oh, that was, that was terror. That was terrible. Well, I remember it, being all excited and I didn't go, I forget there was somewhere else I could have gone to. And I wanted to watch that movie so bad. And I actually, I actually
0: have it on terrible. VHS, believe it or not. I have oh, fan, just awesome. meet the fan of the park on, on VHS. And I, I watched it, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago or so just for nostalgia reasons. It, it, it's, 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 I can't even call it a cult classic anymore because it never became a classic anything, not even a cult classic, but it was just so bad. Um, you know, and I, and growing up a huge Kiss fan, I was, I'm like, I'm watching, I am like, and the, the, the previews they showed on, it kind of got you excited. I'm like, yeah, I want to see Kiss in this TV movie. And it's like, it's cool. It's cool. It's
1: cool. I'm watching. I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> yeah. I mean, even as a little kid, I knew it was really bad. I'm I sure mean- it's
0: available out there on YouTube or something somewhere. People got to look it up. If you've never seen Kiss Meet the Phantom of the Park and you want a good laugh, you got to watch the the movie if nothing else for a good laugh. It was re- pretty ridiculous.
1: Yeah, it's Kiss at its at its worst.
0: Yeah, they had this That's evil guy sure. living under an amusement park that wanted to create uh, you know evil robot Kiss uh, to to take over the world to dominate the world, <laughs> but, um, and and Kiss in you know, all of their persona, you know ace was the star man and all that yeah but
1: stuff. then and he the, squawked. The he didn't even talk there was one of them
0: that actually like made bird yes yeah, so, yeah, so he was just, he, he was just like rah, rah. but then peter chris had this like high-pitched voice that like someone was like chris. dubbing in or something like that I, or maybe i'm mixing that up or something i can't remember it, it was it's been too long but anyways it was it was absolutely ridiculous um but i think good for a cheap laugh if you want to if you've got nothing else to do put in kiss meets the phantom of the park and i think you'll You'll be highly entertained, and there's probably we're pissing some people off. Like
1: that's my favorite movie of all time. I don't time. think so. I, I don't <laughs> think there's one person that <laughs> even thinks it's bearable to watch unless they're a little kid and I don't know just want I, to see Kiss run around.
0: I want to make a prediction that uh, our buddy Mark Petricelli probably loves that movie. So Mark, I'm sorry if I'm if I'm dogging on your on your boys. Maybe there, we can uh,
1: make it big. Maybe we need to start talking no, I, I, about it.
0: I think it. we I think we need to reboot it. I think if we yeah. reboot it. Um, you know Kiss is still around we can reboot Kiss Meet the Phantom of the Park I, I can you know probably beef up the script a little bit make it a little bit better and you know have a better version of it what do you think
1: well it can't be a worse version no, I, that, no, I I would, that's I would impossible. assume any, I would assume anything we, you would do to it would, has to be an improvement I,
0: mean, I can I would, you you can be one of the ride operators like, pull, like starting people out. hey put your hands down kids you know something like that so, anyways, yeah, no, that was absolutely ridiculous. But um, I'm not sure. Have, have you found out whether they're having uh, Halloween and trick or treating around your place yet? They're still having it at my place. Yeah, my I
1: mean, place, they're so. having it here from the usual time. It will be on Saturday from six to eight, and then from there, uh, a friend of mine's having a doing a having their bonfire. So I'm gonna head over there unless it's unless it's raining. So yeah, it's just it's they didn't change anything. They actually announced it probably like two maybe two months ago, something like that. There's normal hours, six six to eight. And then the next day, of course, it'll be dark at five o'clock. Yeah,
0: I mean, I I know uh, uh, Senator Marco Rubio is is actually uh, trying to get daylight savings time, at least somebody in Washington is trying to get daylight savings time changed to keep the hours during the summer, which is actually daylight savings time, permanent. Because who the hell wants it dark at five o'clock in the evening? Your mom.
1: I well, think she, she, lives in a cave. she lives in a
0: cave. Well, you know, that's
1: what I mean. Those are the people right, controlling things. What difference all the cave it, people.
0: it doesn't matter to her whether it's five, dark at five o'clock or whatever. She, she you know, she doesn't leave her place and it's it's dark in her, her apartment. Who cares?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's bad enough that it's dark in our, I mean, it's already sucks as dark as dark as it is. By the time we start doing this, I mean, it's, you remember, we've done some of these and it's still daylight outside.
0: Yeah. uh, No, I agree. It's, um, I'm not a fan. Um, I like it later, 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 later. Hell, they should move the clock and the
1: other way here next week, this upcoming weekend. And, Right. Yeah, you know, Let it be dark until
0: 10. Move it back again.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, just let's keep it again. Another worry to buy kids in the morning and all that, but walk on a sidewalk and we'll give them a flashlight. These flashlights now versus we were kids, you put these little batteries. Hey, the they, they have flashlights later, on right? their
0: phones. Yeah. Every I mean, kid has a phone, they can use a flashlight on the phone for credit. Lab. We don't need it to be that that light in the, in the, early in the morning.
2: But yeah, you know, no I mean, it's just
0: the weird thing is the, the summer hours are the off hours. Like what we're moving back to regular time. Um, which is which is the, the bad thing, I think it's so daylight savings time is in the summer. That's why, they you know, it's it's um, Eastern Daylight Time in the summer. And um, so I, I, I don't know. I, I think that uh, ho- thankfully somebody in Washington is trying to dr- gain some traction on it. Who, who's I don't even know who makes that decision. Did, does Congress make that decision or do we just decide, screw it? We're let's just we're not change the talks back.
1: I have no idea. I think he actually. I'll just be late thought, for everything. I think this year he had a few other people throw their hats in at a ring to help. But it's obviously it's not going to happen this year. But I mean, is
0: that a government issue? I'm I'm, ta- I'm, I'm thinking it's a government issue to say. I mean, and it's not a, a, I don't know a law states, or anything.
1: I don't know if states are able to. Well, some states
0: get, don't do it. There some well, the, well, there's some states in the mountain, Tom, or the central that don't part participate of Arizona, in it.
1: Para, part of Arizona keeps it. Where we're going this this upcoming weekend, which always, even with my job, sometimes I get, I have to send out a Outlook meeting request to somebody from from that region. I get to sit there and play around and figure out how to get it to them at the right time for them and the right time for me. So, right. um, yeah, I mean, I just wish they would. I have always felt that, and this Sunday will be depressing when it's when it's dark so early and when it not it is. Even on a warm day, once it gets dark, man, does that get cold?
0: You know. I, I know. I'm just not a fan. And, and, I like to. You know, you can move out of the cold and go down to Florida, but you can't move into another like place to make it lighter later.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, you have to go. You have to go right near, right near where the time zone changes. Changes. So you're sort of hanging in there. <laughs> like there's parts of Florida, like when I when I in went the down the Panhandle. Yeah. It, well. Well, even not that, but years ago, when I went to Florida and I was visiting my cousin and my aunt. My aunt was living in, um, oh, when I came over from Brian, Brian's, who was in Naples, it was crazy that it was, because I just drove, you know, I was down there for, for two weeks. I drove and it was staying later about a half hour more than it was up here at that, at that time. So right. you got to get close to that time zone chain. You don't want to be in it where you're going into the next hour, but you want to be near there, and right. that would probably be the move. I'm not well, going to do it, but that would, if no. I was, that would, be, that would even be nice even in the summertime. Well, you, you I mean, got,
0: you know, in, in the world full of uh, poll takers, they, they should at least take a poll. How about taking a poll of the nation to see who wants to keep daylight savings time oh. permanent? Uh, I would raise my hand. I would say, me, I'm one of those guys. Uh, put me down for a Yes.
1: All the old people wouldn't want it. They would they want to keep it where it was because they go to bed at seven o'clock anyhow. They don't want to go to bed when it's daylight and they want to get up at five o'clock and they want it to be light. So those I just are feel the like it, when, it, when, it, when
0: it's six o'clock and pitch black, I feel like I'm I'm like ready for bed well, already. And I'm I like mean, you
1: know. the the shortest sure day, I mean is it'll be Dark the earliest on what is it, December 22nd? I think it will be, or 23rd, yeah, on the winter solstice. Right. And it's like a, it'll be a quarter after five and yeah. it's done. Ridiculous. I mean, it sucks. I'm counting yeah. the weeks once we start getting closer. <laughs> 12 more weeks until <laughs> it's only like around March 10th, March 12th that they're right. doing that they change it. And I can't, I can't wait. It's it's already depressing me. Think of it going into this weekend and with everything the way that it is out there. There's not as much going on and yeah. doing that. And, you know, I don't know.
0: Well, whatever. And I'm uh, going to make a
1: change, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding.
0: All right. Well, we'll, we'll wrap up this segment here. Uh Also, you know, besides uh, Halloween, we got uh, uh the, the dreaded election day coming up next week. So uh, I just encourage everybody to go vote. And uh, if you've, I found out in Pennsylvania and other states, you've, if you've already voted uh, by by mail and you have you're having buyer's remorse over one candidate or the other, you actually can change your vote in Pennsylvania and other yeah. states. So if you if you voted for Trump or Biden and you're thinking, wait a second, I made a big mistake and you want to change that vote, vote Pazeski. He's uh, a much better uh, candidate. I'm I'm on I'm, I'm on board with his platform even though he hasn't officially announced me as his running mate, but I would back him up if he if he ever uh, Oh, absolutely.
1: Been- if I win, you know what? I even put on Facebook, I even had a picture of my uh, mail in ballot right in Peseski. If you're voting for me, vote early and vote off.
0: Yes, often, often. As I mean, look, people usually I mean, Come on, let's just be honest. They cheat, okay? You're filling out four or five ballots anyways. You might as well make one for for your regular candidate and four for the big M. Yeah, that's that's right.
1: Come on, people. Help me out. Yeah, I mean, I figured you wouldn't want to be part of this whole thing unless I actually win.
0: And Exactly. What's what's the point?
1: Yeah, so what I'm going to be doing is I'm I'm doing a little bit of um, research, and probably the next day or so, I, I figure I, a good campaign song that I could find somebody that will do my song, just like all the other big candidates. I think will be what I need in this next week to put me through. In fact, I'm going to work on it tonight, and I'll have it up on my Facebook page probably sometime tomorrow. And hopefully, whoever the artist is that I pick in their hit song, they're going to do it when I get when when they swear me in in January. And what the hell, why I'm at it? We're going to br- for the inauguration. We're going to have the whole motley crew. Poison, death nice. Leppard, Joan Jett concert, and it will be on T- and it will be on TV in stereo, no pay per view. It's going to be free for the country.
0: Hey, I mean that's that. If you can't get behind that platform, what can you get behind? I mean, I I don't get it. You know, <laughs> so uh, you know. There we go. And drink
1: Sam Adams. Drink Sam Adams. Jacko. And Jacko Punk and beer.
0: or your your favorite red wine, whatever you got going. We wish Look at everybody our TEDx. <laughs> We wish everybody a wonderful uh happy Halloween. Uh, if you don't have trick or treating in your area, then eat all the candy yourself. It's uh Absolutely. I Still won't buy. Tell, I won't tell anybody. And vote 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 on uh, Tuesday the 3rd, not on Thursday like some people tell you to do. Don't buy that stuff. It's Tuesday the 3rd. Vote. And uh, for the Big M, Mark Anthony and uh, myself, we'll be back in a few minutes with Natalie Sugars, everybody, and you're gonna not wanna uh, miss this, so stick around.
2: Blabberbrains.
0: And welcome back to the Blabberbrain Show Halloween edition. We got with us now the absolutely fabulous Pittsburgh icon herself, Natalie Sugars. Let's give her a round of applause. We're gonna cue a big Hi. applause there. All right. Well, if you are have been living in uh, inside of a box, if you're a man in a box, <laughs> <laughs> uh, as per my mashup costume here, um, Natalie is uh, very well known around these parts here, Pittsburgh and outside of Pittsburgh as well. But uh, for those of you out of town and uh, living in a cave, Natalie is uh, a national recording artist. She's also an actor and a model including three stints with Maxim Magazine. She's a spokesperson. She's a social influencer. She's uh, She has her own uh, show, uh, Nat Around Town, and uh, a fellow wine enthusiast. Hey, cheers, right? You know? And also a lover of cigars, uh, which is mm-hmm. right up uh, mine and Mark's alley there. So, Nat, it's, uh, first of all, great to have you on the show. you you kind of, uh, you know, I don't want to say we're we're raising the bar here with having you on the show. We've uh we've had some good guests, but you know, we're raising the bar here having you on the show. So we really appreciate that. Um oh, just to, you know, Nat-
2: thank you. I mean we go
0: we go we oh it's our pleasure, trust me. We go back about uh what about eight years or so, eight or nine years, something like that. Um I, I first met Natalie um at uh a, a, a jeff tachy was that, i'm not sure was he doing queen's right at the time or was he still was he just doing operation Mind who knows it was all blended you know together. what i'm
2: not 100 percent sure but i think it was queen's right i think i think yeah I
1: you look yeah. really familiar so i'm assuming i was there mike yeah she had darker hair <laughs> yeah i mean i have here, real so. hair i don't walk around with a hat on my <laughs> head that would have been that would have been out in greensburg right yeah yeah that, we, was, uh, queen, that was queen that was queen's right
0: yeah okay yeah so uh, rudy
1: was rudy Sarzo was playing bass yeah i'm actually
0: having i think i think i look more like rudy sarza with this wig on than anything i don't know yeah you um kind of
1: do
2: (laughs) i don't know what i'm channeling but i figured since jinx has been like everyone knows like my if they follow me on social media that i always do my am copy slothy my sloth here my Mm -hmm. slothy report with jinx and so he's been on tour with me for years like we're inseparable as you can tell and so i was like He's like over there causing a scene. I'm like, well, it's the Halloween show. So just come yeah, it's on. It's perfect. Like,
0: Black cat. It's like the
2: beginning of some like crazy video right now. I feel like we're getting ready to like make a cool rock video.
0: Well, we can turn this all into a rock video. So that's not a problem. Mark, Mark's Mark, got his guitars. He can start jamming. Yeah, I got easily. a whole
1: room full of equipment back here behind me.
2: Hey, so, man, um, I'm, I'm always up for jamming. Yeah, so we we were
0: having uh, dinner at what? Den- uh, Denunzio's, right? are Nunzio's nun, yes,
2: Nunzio's. It was Denunzio. Denunzio's. It's, um my great my great friends at Denunzio's which is a, a fabulous family restaurant out in Westmoreland County and yeah, we were at the one in Jeanette, but of course there's uh there's one in Monroeville and then there's one at the Latrobe Airport which is my hometown. So,
0: and uh, uh Mr. Denunzio graced us with his presence and um uh even uh, threw up a what the hell Joey for us uh if, if for those people who don't know the tag uh what the hell Joey it's It didn't quite catch on the way I thought it and hoped would, especially with uh, Mr. D'Annunzio, I thought maybe it would start to catch on, but who knows, there's still time.
2: There's always time and he's always up to shenanigans
0: Yeah,
2: or as I like to say shenanigans.
0: Oh, there you go. That's perfect. Right. So Yeah. I mean, I don't, I really don't know where to start with you. Nat. there's so much to talk about. I've, you know, we probably need to dedicate two hours to you, but um, oh, you know, uh, <laughs> but you, you talked about the trope. Okay. That's, or do we say lay trope? I mean,
2: uh, if you're from there, you say lay trope. I mean, whether it's correct or not, I say you do as the locals do. If you want to really like be like a local and, You know, it's kind of like when you, when I was, I I was actually in Melbourne, Australia and they don't say Melbourne, but I think it's hysterical when I, when I'm here in the States and I'm talking to people and I'm telling them about like some of my experiences, especially like during like the wildfires and stuff that was going on over there. And I said, oh man, loved Australia. And I talk about, I love Melbourne. Melbourne's a great city. They're like, oh, you mean Melbourne. Right. I'm (laughs) like, I'm sorry. Were you there? (laughs) <laughs> you know? And that's what, like I say to people about Latrobe, it's like, dude, like, don't correct me. I grew up there,
0: you know? Well, so it's kind of like, uh, like if you don't say Louisville instead of like Louisville or whatever, if you don't Louisville. say Lu- Louisville, 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 and you're saying, and you're yeah. saying it wrong. That's
1: right. So exactly. anyways, uh,
0: yeah. So, exactly. you know, there's, there's so much about your history and even in Latrobe, Latrobe that, uh, they even included you in, uh, the icons of Latrobe book. So why don't you give everybody a little rundown first of all um, about the invite to be involved with that uh, and who all you are graced with. I mean, I've, I've seen the addition, the but I uh, want you let the, the viewers know who all uh, you were in that uh, edition with.
2: Well, I was, I was truly honored to do it. I feel, I feel like I should like, like, I should like get, get rid of like some of the costumes. There you go. Like, That's like, fine. Like, That's fine.
0: Yeah. And so they can say, get a good look at your face. There you go.
2: Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's like, I'm all, <laughs> I'm all, I'm all gussied up. Um, You know, it was a huge honor to have been asked to be in that book, and the guy that uh, that was the author of, of that—he's an amazing teacher out in Latrobe uh, School District—and he had called me and said, "I want to put you in this book." And it was for every accolade that I had accomplished up until it was actually it was it was the year or two years before I even did Pittsburgh's Fifty Finest. And that was like 2016. So everything after that from being like the celebrity performer for the Steeler style show from, you know, my, my stuff with all that, all of that stuff came later, you know, and and everything else I've been working on the show. So this was everything pre all of that. And I thought, is this a crank call? Like, really? (laughs) Are you for real? And I was just completely honored to be honest with you. And they did, they put me in there. It was the uh, 200 people out of the entire history of our little city and including uh, the likes of Fred Rogers and Arnold Palmer.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's some great company right there. I mean, if they only had the the three of you in there, I think that would be a good company. I mean, Arnold, I mean, what can you say about him? He's, uh, you know, one of the greatest, if not, uh, you know, top three of all time. Yes. Uh, and, and Fred Rogers, uh, if there's a person on this planet that doesn't love Fred Rogers, I think that you belong in hell personally. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's hey just man. my personal view. That's my personal view. Yes. So, uh, also yeah. your, 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 uh, your alma mater, your high school, uh, gave you a, a nice little gift as well. Why don't you talk about that? Uh, they, they, uh, were honoring you, um, by surprise also was, well, I don't know if it was a surprise, but it was a surprise when they gave you the message.
2: It really was it was it really meant a lot and there's a lot of backstory to why uh to why it meant so much to me to be honest with you and there was an incident that took place i mean i i had a i had a really not so easy upbringing and you know i've been i've been letting people in on that on some different interviews that i've been doing and i've been sharing my story for the first time ever in this last year and you know so i grew up there and i i grew up on the other side of the airport i always say it, it's like you got the city of lake trove and then you got past the airport right <laughs> and it's like i was i was out that way in a in a single wide mobile home my parents they fought like hell you know and they had a, a, a just a terrible marriage and and it was very physical it was very verbal and i was this little wee thing and i got kind of I was like the ping pong ball, you know, and people mm. don't mean to, but they will bring you in like, she's right. No, tell him he's wrong. You know, and it's like, what? What? <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and so I didn't really have peace with that. And when I was little growing up, I was always bullied because a, I lived in a trailer and I was little and tiny. And then all of a sudden, you know, you got, you know, so I never had peace there. And so I found peace in music. And so that's why I, I turned to and locking myself in my tiny little bedroom that my little single bed had to be cut in half to even fit. in. Oh, that's wow. how tight like, tight this was. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and I would watch all these people, you know, everyone from Elvis Presley to Mick Jagger, Tina Turner, and then Madonna, Janet. And then later on, you know, with Dick Brittany and everything when I was in high school. And, and so I, I would just lock myself in my room and, and dance and sing for hours and hours. What I didn't know, I was honing my craft, but I was right. just escaping, you know, finding, Solitude and and positivity through the world. Entertaining yourself too, (laughs) and yeah, and um. After that, I, I you know I reached high school age, and you know you grow out of you know the adolescence, you know of the of the I'll call it the ugly duckling syndromes or whatever, whether that's you know internally or externally, and and I was friends with everyone, and this gal she didn't like that, and she had a lot of reasons uh to. I guess be jealous of me in her own mind. And it later came out in court as she was charged with a felony and two misdemeanors because she attacked me on school property when I was 16 years old. She broke my jaw in three places. She broke my nose. She broke a lot of teeth. She um, caused enough havoc on my face, uh, which every blow was to my face. And uh, my jaw was wired shut for eight weeks. I was in the hospital and my school at the time, you know, it was a completely different ball game. It was a completely different era. It was run by completely different people. And so this is no judgment upon them at this time. But at that time, they did not handle it properly. Hmm. And it was not a good situation. And my parents didn't know how to handle it properly. They were too busy pointing the finger at each other. And it really sucked. And I hadn't been back to that high school um, since the day that that incident had happened. And of course we all know, like from getting to you know me a little bit, that I, I went on to do a lot of other stuff in the interim, but last year I got this call to, to come back to the high school and it was the pep rally. And, you know, it was the entire gymnasium full of these people and and the wonderful people at the La Trobe airport. I mean, I got taken up in a helicopter and then I went to my high school and I got to come in and be honored during, during the pep rally. And mm-hmm. Feeling the energy of all those kids and and being back there after all this time, I think one of the most beautiful things in life and why God put us here to begin with is to experience those moments because those were things from the triumphs that we got to live through and have to overcome. And because we got through it, that natural pay it forward, come full circle reward. And that was my moment. I mean, I have played on some huge stages. I've got to do some pretty cool stuff. That moment with those kids was one of the best things that has ever happened to me in my entire life, and I am grateful. Awesome. Cool.
0: Yeah. Now, how much of your your story did they were they aware of up front, or did you uh, did you basically get to tell your testimony or your story while you were there?
2: It pretty much. I, they they didn't know a lot of backstory other than my accomplishments. You know, the right. kid at the time, and you know the uh, you know the staff, the faculty knew. Right they knew and and so they knew how much it meant and we actually have plans for me to return there to do an entire assembly about and around what happened to me and i i i think that that's amazing and and that day really awoke something in me to be honest with you mike because i i always let people for the last well my entire professional career um judge this book by its cover because you know, people look at me and I've got a bubbly disposition hmm. and, uh, they, they pretty much think because I'm happy that I never, I never had to overcome anything and hard in my life. And, and that's a far cry from the damn truth. And, yeah. um, I've been having to be a fighter, you know, like a little female Rocky, um, the underdog my, my whole life. And it has not been easy, but overcoming all of that and then getting back there, it really made me realize it's time for me to stop letting people judge this book by a cover and it's okay. And I wanted to look fear in the face of facing all of the bad things that had happened to me because I got to, I got to hide behind that mask of what people thought that they saw on me. And it was a nice escape for a few years, but I realized coming back there that this entire gymnasium could be full of either people that are like her or people that are like me. And I wanted, I want to help them. I want them to know that, you know, the bullies don't win. <laughs> and then if something bad happens, that you shall rise above yeah, and that overcome. you can. Yeah. And, and so I started um, from that day on. I started being vulnerable and not afraid anymore. And I started telling my truth and my true story of what happened. And that brought on some beautiful things. I've done some virtual school assemblies uh, during COVID. And then with my show, Nat Around Town, doing the at-home editions without being able to be out there. I did some wonderful interviews with legendary locals who were my dear friends. Uh, and I always kicked off every episode by bringing a high school senior on oh, who missed yeah. their milestone moments because of what happened. It happened to me at 16. I graduated early and I left at 17 and graduated high school in a tour bus. So I missed (laughs) proms. I missed graduation. I never got to wear a cap and gown. So I understand what that's like.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, I I graduated early and missed all that as well, but for different reasons, because I was dumb and I had enough credits and was thinking I was done with school. And you look back and you're like, boy, I really wish I would have you know, went through my whole senior year and said I had a half a senior year,
1: but that's a different
2: You were a smarty pants. He was a Mark, he was a smarty pants. <laughs> I, think, I think he
1: was just too tall and he couldn't get through the doors anymore. No, well, that was, <laughs> that's, that's, my, that's, that's
2: my that's what I'm thinking. That's quite possible. I love it. I'm gonna take this off. It's like yeah. I can feel it like sliding down at any moment. It's gonna like it's gonna yeah, hit ground. This, go. this
0: this wig is get, this wig is getting hot, but that's okay. We're gonna we're gonna tough it out and stay in character. But uh, no, I think that uh, that's, that's a beautiful way to inspire people because, you know, it's so easy for people to judge a book by its cover, as you said, to look at you, see, uh, you know, you're, you're very busy around town. We see your face on billboards, you know, throughout the town. We see you on, uh, you know, the, the Internet. We see you, you know, with the Steelers, you, you know, you name it on you, it's easy to look at that and say, you know, it's easy for her to be happy and bubbly. You know what I mean? She's got it all, whatever. But what about me? Like, I'm I'm like, look where I am. Right. You know, And if they know the beginnings of that, that, that could be a huge inspiration for somebody. So God bless you for trying to get that message out there. So that's awesome.
2: Thank you. I really appreciate that. And yeah. it is really the truth. And I, I mean, hell man, we're no none of us. I mean, from whatever, whatever level. I mean, I've been blessed. I mean, I've been blessed to get to know in the past few years too, even the great Smokey Robinson and yeah. talk about another man who's inspirational. And, you know, he inspired me to get back at doing music because he's like, it doesn't matter if you took a 10-year hiatus from, you know, I, I left a record deal and then moved back to Pittsburgh. And then that's when I had started the whole like black and gold stuff and wrote right. the Steelers Fight song. And and he's like, Natalie, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're not 17 anymore, you right. know, and, and you can, you can do this. And it's about, it's about making a difference in the world and what you leave behind. And I thought, wow, man, like he's, he's right. Yeah. It doesn't he's really right. matter
0: how, it doesn't matter your age or where you're, where you're even starting from yeah. or, or continuing you, you haven't written the words, the end, right? So as yes, long as you haven't exactly. written, the,
2: and that's what <laughs> your I said. story's okay, going so I'm, on. I'm, I'm stripping down to my to my to my next my next my next (laughs) costume because I can't put it on on top of this one. So
0: that's okay. So I had to wear this
2: shirt. I had to. We are we are always
0: live here, people, and we'll we'll catch everything. So
2: (laughs) exactly. So I had to wear this shirt, and I have you know, so I live by this because I'm like, man. I'm gonna go on a podcast with two dudes, which everyone <laughs> knows, who knows me like I'm probably more like I'm, I'm I'm such a I'm such like one of the guys, you know what <laughs> I mean? but I had to wear the I had, I found this in the archives of my closet, and it's like whatever boys do, girls can do better.
0: <laughs> well, that's been proven time and time again, right? And especially hey. yeah.
2: But you know, it's great. I got this shirt because I wore it in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's when we threw my photographer in Charleston, South Carolina when we threw his bachelor party because his wedding party was me and my other model friends because, right. yeah, that's what we did. So,
0: Well, that's, you, since you were touching on your, on your uh, music a little bit, um, I want to talk about not necessarily how you got into doing music. Obviously everybody has their own beginning because, you know, if, if you're talented and you can sing and you can write and all this other stuff, that's just a passion for everybody to get into it, doing it that way. Um, but Let's talk about where, you, where you've, uh, your, your latest chapter here in, in this uh, new album you're putting together, because um, as I was talking to you, you said it's been taking a while to, to put all the pieces together, but Veni Bidi Dici? I'm not Veni Italian. Vidi Veni Bidi Dici. Veni Bidi uh, Dici. Okay, so yeah, I got to get my Italian Vini, b- I, wait. Veni Bidi right.
2: Dici.
0: There you go. <laughs> And uh, which translate to something about loving life or something like that. Not loving life. What is it? Living life.
2: I came. I saw.
0: I, I conquered. I conquered. Okay. There you go. Um, I, I speak Spanish, which you would think I could translate that to Italian because they're very s- similar. But uh, <laughs> I love Italian food, though. It's my favorite food. I will say that. So. Hey,
2: Bazan. <laughs> yeah, it's my, fa-
0: my favorite food. And, you know, it goes well with red wine. So, Doesn't it, though? Um, so, okay. So you got, uh, what, two songs uh, released now? Or, um, four. Four. I did
2: um did okay,
0: okay. So name them. You got Cry Like Memphis. Cry
2: Like you, Memphis is the latest one that I just released.
0: Right. You uh, got...
2: So- Four that was Red Light.
0: Okay, you got, um, go Arcadian ahead. Arcadian, Melt Away. And then
2: right. my first one was Burn It
0: Down. Uh, I remember Burn It Down. I remember when you released that. Um, so talk about the differences in these songs and, and what is different about now versus maybe when you first started doing this stuff. And I know you've been involved. I mean, we had Joe Marini on the show and you guys did the whole like Vegas <laughs> act type of thing, um, which I'm sure was a lot of fun, but I'm sure this is completely different. We're, you're going, yes. uh, this is this is. I wouldn't call it pop or adult contemporary uh, uh, contemporary. I'd call it somewhere in between. It's, it's more like uh, human uh, it's just a human aspiration, inspiration of music. Um, and cause it's a, it's a blend of a few different things. So how it would is. you, how would you describe it?
2: Thanks. And it kind of, it kind of is I mean, you, you really hit, <clears throat> hit the nail there, man. I like get it. it there's a lot of it. You know what? It's just me. I, I I think to be quite honest with you, I think I got really pissed off. Like I like, <laughs> 11 years ago, I, I was I had a record deal and I love my producers so much actually from from Atlanta and, you know, for believing in me. And I had this great team of people and they it was a different era. I mean, it was 11 and a half years ago and country music at the time Sounded completely different than what it does right now. Okay, I mean yeah, completely sure. different. Yeah. And I had grown up being a rock and roll or a pop. I love bubblegum pop from the fifties. Like I'm right. a huge Elvis do like person. Right. Then I mean the I mean the seventies like the Rolling Stones. I mean I'm a big Mick Jagger. And then uh, the eighties I'm Madonna, Tina Turner, and I just love the pop music of the eighties because I mean in my opinion, like I think it's still the best music ever. <laughs> and You know, Def Leppard, you know, I remember rocking in the car seat when my mom was playing Def Leppard. It was great.
0: You know, Mark but, and know, Mark and I lived through those. Uh, those, those I wish yeah, we played it. <laughs> yeah, we played it and we lived it.
2: I love it. Listen, I used to do Pour Some Sugar on Me in Vegas when I played with my band. It was my theme song. It was great. I used to come out. I still have the outfit in my closet. It's the, this tattered up British flag t-shirt and these acid washed, like torn up jeans. It was awesome. But, was
0: probably, Pour Some Sugars on Me, that was probably.
2: Pour Some, yeah. yeah. Pour Some Sugars on Me.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: but, you know, so... It Really, when I was there in the studio, they were really pressing to um, because it was very marketable and because I had had to live from paying my bills from being a a grade A cover singer. I mean, I played on the big stages of L.A. and Vegas. I mean, House of Blues. I mean, I was with the the House Band, the House of Blues. I mean, basically in the cover world, Cruise Lines, I mean, I, I was I was at the top of the cover game. Nice. So either I was going to keep doing that or I was going to get signed. And I was very young at the time. So here comes the record deal. So and I loved them so much. And because of my mama, when I was a little girl, we used to be in the kitchen and we sang everything from Tina Turner to Carly Simon to the Judds. So Mm -hmm. because of that and because... Uh, with two things. A, my grandfather, who I loved and idolized was from Florida, and B, because I moved out at 17 and I spent my entire adulthood outside of those stints out west living in the South. So when I came to Atlanta and I got my record deal and bounced between Atlanta and Nashville, they they were like, oh, well, this girl can sing with the Southern Twang because when she is relaxed, I've lost it now being back here 11 years. But <laughs> I, I, I still, there's certain things I say that are very southern.
1: Right. And
2: so anyway, they're like, let's make her and shop her to be the younger, sexier Shania Twain. And I I loved that and I enjoyed it because it's what I had worked hard to achieve. But something didn't sit right with me. But that's where Cry Like Memphis came to me because it was a song I actually did not write. It's the only one on my album that I did not write. But it spoke to me because of my childhood idol that I when I heard it, I just was sobbing and I had to do it. But so I had this entire team behind me and it was like that movie. It was like Forrest Gump. It, I caught my Forrest Gump moment. It was like, I was running, I was running, you know, I'd been, you know, from 17, I had been, you know, house of blues. I had to, toured up and down the East coast. I'd done cruise lines. I was in Vegas. I did LA now a record deal. And I'm still going, I'm going, I'm going. I never had a break. Right. I never got to be a kid, man. Like I never got to do anything like that. And, and I think all of a sudden it just, hit me and here's a genre that I'm getting forced into like not not forced in a bad way they were doing it with good reason and honestly a part of me looks back and go man what were you thinking you should have done it you should have done it (laughs) (laughs) but um but I I stopped and all of a sudden you're running you're running you're running and, and I just stopped and everyone like looked at me like that moment in Forrest Gump you know when he's running and he just stops and he turns around and I look at them and they're like, What are you doing? I'm like, I think I want to go home now. And I, I just I needed a break. Right. And I took, I, I I actually flew back to Pittsburgh and I showed up on my parents' doorstep on Christmas Eve unannounced. I didn't even own a winter coat. I had to stop at the Marshalls that was in the waterfront and pick up this horrible it was christmas eve so there was nothing left it was this powder blue i wish i would have kept it it was like fur and it was like powder i called it like power puff girl like Ah. like a power (laughs) puff girl anyway and but when i got there i realized that my family there was there was still a lot of what i had left in my childhood going on but i have a 24 year old sister
0: right
2: and i noticed that i was really needed and i was supposed to be on a plane on new year's eve for some big things to start to transpire. I never got on that plane. I left everything and everyone behind, including my deal. So I, I followed my heart and I followed my family. And I think that I was too just this little girl who needed a break. And so I never really got to find me. So, coming back full circle to what you asked, Mike, and I'm sorry for going off a tangent there, but no it's one a ever talked you, talk. you talk, you <laughs> talk. But I, uh, so when getting back after this, and after like Smokey said those things to me, I thought, all right, damn it, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do music that I want to do. So that's why my first single was burn it down. It is, mm-hmm. it's Natalie's personality because I'm, a, I'm a dancer. I'm a, I, you know, I, I dance, you know, I, I performed and danced with my day. I, I, I actually, I, I dropped the band and hired <laughs> dancers. So I, I literally got to finally be my pop princess inner self. Right. There you go, right. So that was so much fun because that's me. But then after I did burn it down, I realized that there's so much, <laughs> soul in here though, too. And there's so much to still tell. So I decided I was going to keep writing. And then I decided I was going to revisit some of the old songs from the studio days that I never, I never released, I never did anything with. And I picked my favorite songs from there. So they do have a little bit of like country. Now I'm redoing them so that they really fit my voice now, because actually my voice is actually more badass and stronger Mm -hmm. than it was then, which I can't believe. And even my producer So I reconnected with my producer back in Atlanta on the old songs. And now we're working on new songs together, which is freaking amazing. Talk about full circle. And I love him the bits and pieces. And then I'm recording them up here at the amazing Firecase Studios. And Matt, who is there, is just phenomenal, just top-notch human and and great producer. And so between the two of them, I'm getting to do there. – there is no more – there is no chains on me. There are no (laughs) chains on me. And so I'm not even – freaking listening, man. I'm doing what makes me happy. If it makes me smile, if I like it, if I enjoy singing it, you know, if it's got a little bit of the blues and a little bit of country, great. If it's, I'm going to dance my ass off because I was, I was kind of like Gaga before Gaga was Gaga. So <laughs> more <than> <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, so yeah, so you can't put me in a box and I love that. And Vidi Vici is going to be a compilation of that. It's just going to be Everything I've got to experience as an artist, as a singer and songs I've written throughout my journey while finding myself, while finding my sound that's what it's going to be. It's not going to be defined by a record label. It's not going to be defined because that person told me that sounds better than this. No, it's what I want to do. And it's the way I feel. And so it's very honest and very true.
0: And what are, what are your goals then for the, for the album? I mean, is it just a a, just a, per, a, per, a personal love? Just, do you just want to get it done, get it out there? I mean, yeah. that's, that's pretty much it.
2: Yeah. You know, it, it's, it, it's pretty much it. I, you know, it's going to be hard to pick and choose because it really, um, I really found something unexpected when I started digging back into this. I, as you know, because you know, some of my amazing bandmates and I lived in the, you know, the corporate cover world with them for the last 10 years. And I was a silent dragon. I was a silent dragon. And I, I, I lost myself a little bit in that and I forgot who in the hell I was as an artist. And I tell you what, man, I miss her. She's a badass bitch. <laughs> and and I love that. And I it's so therapeutic, too. So everything, you know, you go through. I mean, that's what it's about. Right. As being an artist. And so my goal is to 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 get my first album out there, because, number one, I'm a girl that was raised right by her daddy. And that is righteousness and know your truth and speak your truth. And don't don't talk the talk. You walk the walk. And I said I was going to do this. And so therefore, I'm going to follow through and I'm going to finish this album and I'm going to do it my way and I'm going to have it mean something to me and hopefully other people really enjoy it and I can entertain them with it. That's my goal more than anything.
0: Right. Yeah. Love. Who doesn't love entertaining, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mark's uh, in, the, in the midst of uh, reinventing himself too with a little bit of country rock. Uh, We've got to
1: hook you the nice. two of you up for a song sometime or
0: something.
2: Yeah, uh, we should <laughs> totally do it. I love collaborating.
1: I just did a um, – it was not even two months ago – um on i have a i have a facebook page i have about 2600 people following me starting from nothing i don't rely on my past or anything i just started all over again no, no gigs yet anything like that and went from 36 people to 30 uh, 2600 but there's a song that there's a, there's a song that i wrote about a year ago and it's about two people one that i actually know and i'm starting to get to know better now who has cancer beautiful woman had a really bad had a Good growing up, but somebody who went through something, a horrific experience when she was 22 years old. I think she was 22, uh, somewhere around that age. And I wrote it about, what would I say to somebody like her or this other person I met who, they're young, beautiful. You can't, they don't look sick. They're still out there kicking ass, doing their job, running a business. What would I say to somebody I just met that may not be here much longer? Cause that's her diagnosis. 11 years ago, but she's still out. So I write this song, put it off to the side, just short. No, not worrying about genres or anything. Two months ago, I'm flipping through. I have a pile of st- ideas and stuff. I'm like going through it. And I saw that she was having a little, she had to get back into chemotherapy I saw on Facebook. And I out. I'm like, you know what? Let me fix this up and, and record it. And I So I just took my phone with a microphone and a $35 preamp that runs off of the nine volt battery. And I record this song. And I put up on Facebook and I'm like, I almost took it down. Cause I'm like, this is kind of cheesy. I'm singing a song over 18,000 views right now. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not even a professional, rec- it's a semi professional type of recording mm-hmm. and just be right on back here. A little better lighting. It did that. And there's people reaching out to me about it. Um, they have cancer. Now I'm get, I'm, I'm pretty good friends and getting close to the, person that I, she didn't even know that I wrote that song, didn't even come across. I'm like, go listen to it. She's like, oh yeah, that's really great. I didn't know you were that good. And I'm like, you do realize that's about you. And she didn't know, know it. But somebody called me from, through Facebook and from in, in um, around Atlanta, Georgia, how do you, why is your A chord and D chord sound different than mine? I want to learn this from my fiance. He just got diagnosed with ALS. And can you show me what you're doing? So then I, you know, uttered that, And it just, like, it all of a sudden it took off. And it's just this basic song. And it gave me the idea to go in. COVID screwed up everything with an EP that I wanted to do with, you know, rocking and stuff like that. I'm like, I'm going to do it just with me, just called Just Me, an EP with four or five acoustic songs. And it's just me with, an, with one of my Martin guitars and singing. This will be one of the songs that, that will be on it. So that's just you're go to show. There. I
0: mean, yeah, mu- music uh, can inspire everybody and and anybody if, as long as you're pouring your heart into it. You know. Um,
2: yes, and that know. is amazing, Mark. And and we really should connect because, funny enough, through one of my photos that I did, I was I was doing interviews for Fashion Week for Pittsburgh Fashion Week because I'm I'm very involved in that too and and the fashion world and. They took this photo of me, and I'm in. I had made my outfit, and and my shorts um, had a picture of Rocky Balboa, and and it says "Fight like a girl." And I had this picture done, and so this picture got a lot of attention. And you know who saw that and reached out to me? So we should connect on this. Is a woman who runs an organization that is for young women who fight breast cancer in their twenties, thirties, and forties. Like, so like you said, like they're, they're, they're young and, and, and they've got these, you know, new budding careers or they're, they're young moms and, you know, life doesn't stop just because their diagnosis came along one day. And so it's for them and dealing with all of this stuff, you know, real life. And so we should talk further about that. Cause I'm, I'm all about stuff like that.
1: So. Yeah. And it, it's nothing, I've never done anything like that before. I've, I mean, I'm usually a guy that a lot of my older stuff, I could scream into a microphone like a Chris Cornell or something like that. <laughs> but, you know, for me to sit down with just an acoustic guitar and play and sing, I haven't done a lot. Of that. Mike's known me for years. I didn't even own a, an acoustic guitar for most of my life. So now I have some really nice ones. But when this whole thing with this whole lockdown, I started yeah. mo- monkeying around. I put up the first thing I do, I, I do a version of... Um, Little red Corvette with a KUSA guitar, and all of a sudden, fourteen thousand people have watched it, and seventy-six have shared it, and it just kept. and And I so for so I'm just I'm a lot older than you are. I'm probably old enough to be your dad. Not that I want everybody, not that every, not that I want everybody out there to know that who might be on my musician page or anything. I I they, get, that
2: made me snore. That was good.
1: <laughs> you know, I'm I'm going to be fifty-five years old. Come January, so I'm pretty old. I mean, I'm not dead yet, but uh, you're not that old. No, nah. I mean old for old music, old for, old me. for music, <laughs> I'm a dinosaur. I mean, I'm not that bad yet, but anyhow, the sunglasses is like a nice uh $20 facelift. Makes me look, <laughs> you know, people think I'm in my 30s, but um yeah, so huh. I'm like, okay, I'm just happy at this point that people are listening. I don't, you know, I mean, before, yeah, I like to play lead guitar, crank up the Marshalls and all that. And really built out the vocals. But I'm at the point where, you know, if there's people are actually paying attention to what I'm doing, that's what I probably should be doing. You know, I'm too old to reinvent the wheel anymore. I mean, I've done that many times and (laughs) been close like this a couple of times, but, and something always ended up happening. And it's just like, like what you're saying, I'm just do, you know, put it out there. What I'm doing is going to be free. There's going to be no digital restrictions. Everybody can have it that wants it. I will have a hard copy that will have the cover and sleeve and all that. And I'll either sell it for just whatever it costs for shipping and everything, or I'm going to charge a little more and give the money to the uh, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society because of, fr- of my friend, Christy, I uh, was talking about earlier, who, who's been fighting uh, lymphoma since 2009. So if I could raise mm-hmm. it's if anybody wants to buy it, once everybody gets it for free and can put it on CDs themselves and use it for ski practice, you know, <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you can do it. I don't care what you do. I'm just handing off anybody. Just give it to anybody. I don't care what you do with it. Listen to it. And and well, uh, since you're
2: a Cape crusader, I'm putting it on, I'm, I'm whipping you it go. out. that the famous the famous nat cape are we ready for it
1: There's
0: super Nat. there you go the black black and gold super nat cape the
2: black and gold super nat cape
0: well that, let's let's talk about that because besides the, the you know the singing venture you had you you've also been kind of uh, become to known the the black and gold girl uh uh all for a couple of different reasons uh a you wrote a a, a Steelers uh theme song or fight song and and uh hosting one of uh, their, their fashion show. Why don't you talk a little bit about being being the um the black and gold girl? The I I don't know, we can we say unofficial or official with late <laughs> <laughs> there is no official, so I'm going just to be the official. Mike, black- nobody's yeah. going to check it out. Right. Let's exactly. just ride with the official. As far as we're concerned, you're yeah. the official black and gold girl of Pittsburgh. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that?
2: It's, it's you know what's crazy? It's how the media kind of dubbed it as you know uh, from a long, a long, long, a long, long time ago. It feels like a long time ago. I yeah. So I when I when I when I moved back here, I I I I, I was excited to be back. And then like, I, I went sled riding with my family and then I landscaped with my dad that summer. And then I went, what the hell did I just do? <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: like,
2: I'm like, wow. Like I, I'm like in this whole like foreign world, you know what I mean? But it felt great to be back around. to my old high school friends and stuff like that. And so what happened uh-huh. is that I was, I, to, to keep my chops up, I had joined a, a really, really great and fun cover band here called Mercedes. And I really love those guys. They were, they were really sweet. The the female fans, um, there were some that were really nice to me that I'm still friends with. And then there were a lot that were really mean to me. <laughs> mm. Wonder why. Yeah. And, you know, like most people. And so, you know, book, cover, judging. Yeah, shouldn't. And so anyway, yes, Jinxie, would you like to chime in? OK, he's done. So like, you know, like, like most people, I was like, OK, how am I going to to start up here? You know, how am I going to be a, a big fish in a small pond? Because I, I just came from the really big pond, you know, right. <laughs> and they were shopping me to, to Sony, to Sony. I mean, I had a record deal and I was being shopped to Sony. So that's that's a big deal. And so I come here, I'm keeping my chops up and singing this cover band. I, I, like I said, I, I was like working different jobs. I had landscape with my dad. I've been here for like six months. I'm like, okay. And we were down at the Lloydsville Fire Hall, my high school best friend and I, Becca, and we were having a couple of Rolling Rock beers. Mm. And I wrote, I love black and gold on the back of our napkin. And I knew a lot about football. My grandfather, they called the Gator, right? And sort right. of Gators. <laughs> and then, you know, so between him and my dad growing up, I mean, I mean, in Latrobe, it's almost like mini Texas. It was right. all about, you know, um, faith, family, friends and football. Right. Right. Yep. And so I was forced, I was forced to watch this and and learn about this. And then because I knew a lot about it then it kind of became fun. I was like, Okay. So I knew enough about, about it, about the players, the positions, you know, you know, and, and, and more than anything, it wasn't even so much about that because I had been on tour and been all over this world, literally, I knew that people love the city of Pittsburgh, as well as two different things here, two different subjects, Pittsburgh, the city, and our football team, they love them both. Okay. And no matter where I was, I found people that when they found out where I was from, they loved me, even if they had never lived here or been from here. And I thought, hmm, interesting, light bulb. And I used all of that and I wrote this song. The song ended up um, going crazy all over the radio. It was a spoof on Joan Jett's I Love Rock and Roll. It was I love black and gold, you know, it was just very fun. And so anyway, so that was really great. And I got to play the AFC championship game against Baltimore. I almost took on and got into a huge fight with the Baltimore Ravens. Nice. <laughs> yeah. We were, we're, now were loading fun. in and they. <laughs> I had this, like, it's amazing. It's in my closet. Like, I can't even fit like an ankle into it now. That's how tiny I was when I moved back here. But uh, it was like the cutest thing. I'd like steal her patches on, on my butt. Like, it was like, it was really cute. And this, it was getting off the bus at gate C. And they are like, what are you there, cheerleader? I'm like, we don't have cheerleaders, you know. So we don't need them. <laughs> That's
0: right. <fine. laughs> you know.
2: Anyway, so that was like a lot of fun, and so from there, then a lot of things, you know, transpired from that. But what's really cool is um, I, I got to do an episode and co-host an episode of the Jerome Bettis Show, the OT with the Bus Show, with Albie Oxenrider and my my buddies, Albie Oxenrider and. Richie Walsh. And I just talked to Richie a little bit ago um, about it, doing cigars and stuff with him and, yep. and catching up because it's been a hot minute. And and Jerome, right? And Jerome was great. And so we did this bit on the whole Black and Gold Girls thing. And from there, it was, you know, just kind of just talked about with me. And, you know, it was always just this little thing that I did. And then the Latrobe Locals book came out and they really, you know, honored that portion of my career in that you know because I was the first girl to ever do it it won best fight song of the year with ESPN that was cool yeah. and and then from there I was I was literally I was I was sweeping I'll, I'll, I'll use a Pittsburgh term sweeping <laughs> I was sweeping my kitchen floor on like a random like Saturday afternoon and my phone rings and it's it's a, this phone number that I didn't have in my phone and I answered and hi honey it's Greta and it, and it was Greta Rooney. And and wow. so they had me rewrite the song so that it would be evergreen, no players in it, and and something that, Smart. you know, yeah. you know really lasts. And I had already been working on that with the one and only the amazing Joe Monroe, one of my best friends. I just love Joe. I mean, I my family, you know, my biological family, clearly there's been some ups and some downs there. So my band family, I have always latched on to. So Joe Monroe... Yeah. Joe Marie, Nick DiBatiste. Nick DiBatiste is my emergency contact, my guitar player. He's my, literally, if if you go in, like if something happens to me, I'm in a car accident tomorrow, it's called Nick DiBatiste. Right. You know, so I love my band family. So he helped me put it together and they asked me to be the celebrity performer for the Rock Steelers style fashion show. And it was to honor from the year prior, it was to honor the late Dan Rooney. Hmm. And I love Dan. And from getting to be at some of the games and be like on the field. And, you know, they always say like a, a trip to a trip to Heinz field with me is like a trip to the zoo. Like I'm, I'm on the field, then I'm in the tunnel, then I'm up in the, in the thing with Smokey, then I'm gonna go for, my girlfriends are like, it's like a trip to the zoo. you know. <laughs> but I, I, I was very honored to do that and to do it for Dan because I've got to meet him and he was just such a wonderful guy and a wonderful man. And we were in rehearsals and I remember getting to tell Greta, um, I remember getting to tell her thank you, because their their family outside of like all the music stuff, you know, football and the and the Pittsburgh Steelers team really represented that come from grit, you know, rise into grace, inspirational, blue collar story of resilience and perseverance in which I had to grow up in, right. and they led the way and. I never let Pittsburgh leave my heart. And a lot of what the Steelers organization represented was a part of that heart and that soul of mine. And so to get to sit there with her and and she's so sweet. She's one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. And part of giving me a great, great big hug. <laughs> hmm. It just it was really beautiful to get to, you know, to say thank you. Because her family really inspired me to keep going and to do all those things, to be like them. And, you know, I explained Pittsburgh to people, you know, who love the Steelers. I said, you know um, you know, to bleed black and gold, I, I said, it means more than, than, than just the game of football. It means overcoming. It means resilience. It means perseverance. It's, it's a way of life. I mean, that, The way that our team came along in the 70s and saved our asses as far as being positive and having something to look forward to when all else around us was falling down. And I mention this because life is that way now and we're 6-0. Just saying. Mm. So God is a football Mm. fan and he is a Pittsburgh Steelers fan because Mm. when times are low in Pittsburgh and the world and things are looking grim...
0: Amen. Anyway, but I, I got to do that and I got Appreciate to be
2: the, um, the celebrity performer for that. And it was it was so great. And I got to do it with Antonio Holmes, who's such a great man. Right. He's right. so much fun. And and Jerome. And the best thing is we're backstage. This is really great. So we're backstage. We're getting ready to, to kick off this show. And, you know, and they were all like, OK, Natalie, like, this is a really big moment. Like, you know, no pressure. It's just Art and Greta Rooney saying, Natalie, we need to get everybody up, get them all up. Get them waving their terrible towels, okay? Right. All right. And then and then also we need you to round up and keep Santonio and Jerome in check with you so that you guys can all mesh up at the end and, and do this big thing because the entire the entire stage AD is gonna go black. And then behind you is gonna be this big, you know, the Irish clover leaf for, for Dan Rooney. Right. No pressure.
0: No. On the spot choreography.
2: Yeah, none. And so <laughs> no. I'm backstage and I look at Jerome and I'm like, well, well, well. Here we are again, you know, 10 years later. And he's like, ah, you know, he's the sweetest. And what's so funny is so Jerome, you know, knowing and, and remembering me, he knows the words of the song. And it's so funny nice. if you watch the video, right. Jerome starts to get into it. Yeah. And he's like singing the song. And you like watch me, like very casually. I got Santonio rounded here. It's like hurting cats. I've got him here, right? And I'm like, yeah, and I love that and gold. I'm like, over. <laughs> you, know, I like, our mark! you know, but it was so much fun. And I, I am um,
0: trying to be inconspicuous too. Yeah. But
2: I, anyway, I mean, I, that's my story. Right. But, but I love them. They're great. They're wonderful.
0: Um, that's awesome. Well, I think, uh, you know, by now our, our audience, uh, has a really good grasp on, on how awesome you are. Oh, and, gosh. uh, so I, I, you know, you still got a lot of stuff going on. So, uh, why don't we promote a few things you've got coming up and, uh, and yeah. we'll, we'll talk about that. And um, you know, if you want, if you have any, uh, if you want to promote any uh, social media, we usually throw up your your social media tags up there. So, what do you got coming up next? You got a, you got a few events coming up, I know, especially for Halloween here and and beyond. So, uh, what do you got?
2: You, I, I do. There's a lot of new stuff in the works. I mean, of course, I've been a very proud um, spokesperson for the Pittsburgh Dental Spa. You see my big beaming face alongside the Parkway, and yep. I've been off of it for like the last eight months or six months because I've just been so busy. I haven't had time to get with them to do a new one, but I have now. And so we're going to do a big, get your smile on campaigns. So look out well, for that. One,
0: one of them, you were hiding in the, the, the trees, weren't you at one point in time? So maybe they didn't know it was you or something. Yes.
2: Are, it's like, are you hiding from the dentist? <laughs> you know, do You know what's funny about that, Mike? I took that picture in the tunnel of PNC Park.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> I did.
2: And they brought in like these two like palm trees. In the right. City. Yeah. That's funny. It, right of things, things that people don't know. Uh, yeah. So I've got that going on. I recently just paired with Clean Juice, which Clean Juice is such an amazing company. I mean, a wonderful, wonderful mission of them. I mean, it's healthy body, strong spirit. So I, I love them. I love getting it. Get, you know, to me, it's it's you know, healthy body and healthy mind is really important, especially in crazy times like this and stressful times. So. Um, so I love clean juice. So I'm very excited to be kicking off all the campaigns with them. i most recently um, paired with the CBO, which is the Caribbean baseball organization. Yeah. And I haven't even, this is like going to yeah. be the first little teaser of this. The official press release has not even come out yet. So well, we're breaking
0: uh, news here on the blabber brain. It show, is everybody. breaking
2: news. <laughs> and so everything I just talked about, about loving Pittsburgh, right? It goes beyond the football team. It's about, us as 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 people and and being resilient and being the wonderful people that we are and I want to take that and I want to branch it out because just like music there's no there's no language barrier to inspiration and to helping others and paying it forward so the Caribbean Baseball Organization is just that their mission is basically to use you know baseball Um, To to help the infrastructure and to help and reach these children of all ages, T-ball to college, getting ready to try out, you know, for the major leagues and minor leagues and to really help them develop and hone their skills. Right. To become better people and to grow, and oh, and so I really awesome. am excited to do that. And the last thing is what I'm doing right now. It's the Monster Pumpkin Festival. It's the yeah. city's signature fall event. The giant two thousand pound pumpkins on the yeah, north. Yeah, I saw shore. the teaser
0: for that. That's uh, that's that's nuts.
2: Yeah. So I mean, in a, in a nutshell, that's um.
0: And that's you you get sport. to actually uh, do the do the drop, right?
2: Yes, I, I'm so excited. I mean, a two thousand pound pumpkin to plunge into a pool.
0: Right. That's awesome!
2: I know. I'm excited. Right. I'm a little frightened.
0: Well, give give your uh, social media tags. You want what about Facebook, uh, Instagram, whatever you want to plug, Twitter, whatever, uh, and we'll throw them up there. So, how how do people find you on each of those here?
2: So, I, I've got my my fan page on Facebook is Natalie Sugars Pgh, so at Natalie Sugars Pgh, right? And then it's at N Sugars on Instagram. And then, of course, you know my website is Natalie Sugars with an H, S H U G A R S dot com.
0: Awesome. Well, Natalie, I tell you what, this was a, a great chatting with you, and and uh, again, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, you know, we wish you nothing but the best with your with your career, and uh, you know, everything that that you want to get involved with, because you deserve everything that you got coming to you. So, Absolutely. and we and we we know that's going to be a lot of great things. So, God bless you. And, um, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll talk again real soon. So uh, for the big M over there, Mark Anthony, and for Natalie Sugars, uh, this is Michael Kadri and the Blabber Brain Show. And we'll see you next time, people.
2: Thanks, guys.